This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, this is Mark Hitchcock. I want to welcome you to uh, the Tipping Point program. Uh, this is a program uh, that's uh, hosted every week by uh, Jimmy Evans, and I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to fill in for him today on this uh, great program that's here on endtimes.com. Um, what I'm going to be uh, talking about today in this program, I want to talk about something that people think a lot more about this time of year, kind of when, with Halloween approaching, and that is what the Bible says about hell. Uh, it's not a topic people like to think about very much, but um, it's a very important doctrine for us to understand uh, as believers. I mean, in a, in a bit after that, after this teaching, I'll go to our subscriber section where I want to talk about uh, some current events, some things that are happening in Ukraine with U.S. troops actually right on the border of Ukraine positioned there right now. And also some interesting events happening with some of Russia's allies, Iran and Turkey, and how these uh, really events kind of are triangulating together uh, to, to really point towards the Battle of Gog and Magog. Then I want to answer some questions. Um, as well, uh, a couple of good, really good questions about the rapture. And one question about, you know, why are there so many different views and why do people interpret the book of Revelation so differently? So when we go to that subscriber section, that'll be the current events and that'll be the Q&A. And uh, if you're not a subscriber and you'd like to be, uh, you can go to endtimes.com. You can sign up there. It's only $7 a month. And I can assure you it'll be uh, some of the, the best uh, money that you've spent in a long time as uh, you'll you'll really uh, be brought into all the, these Q&A sessions and uh, current event uh, sessions that we do. So um, feel free to go to go and, and become a member of endtimes.com. We'd love to have you as part of the endtimes.com family. Well, as I mentioned, uh, you know, this week's Halloween, or this next week is, and, you know, this time of year, we hear people talking about things that we rarely hear them talk about at other times of the year. Our, our culture is becoming more and more secular and, and more and more distanced from really any kind of spiritual conversations or especially the Bible. But this time of year with Halloween, we'll hear people talk a little bit more about the devil. We'll hear people maybe talk about demons. We'll hear more talk about hell. Uh, for, for most people, though, today, hell is either kind of a big joke. Maybe it's a myth. Maybe they think it's just part of some kind of you know, medieval legends or it's just completely misunderstood. It is interesting, a recent, a recent Pew Research poll found that 73% of Americans believe in heaven, but only 72% believe in hell. Now, I remember years ago, 90% of people in America believed in heaven. It's down to less than three out of four, and the number of believe in hell is down to less than two out of three. Uh, there's a, a headline I read in a newspaper a few years ago that probably caused a few people to choke on their coffee. I mean, it read this, it may be harder to get to hell this year. And then here's what the article said. It may be harder to get to hell this year. A bridge on the main road leading to hell, Michigan, is badly in need of repair. A project that could close the road for three months. Business owners in the town fear that the disruption in traffic would force some stores into bankruptcy. It'll close the whole town, complained Jim Lee, president of the Hell Chamber of Commerce. Officials acknowledge that the repair work will cause some disruption, but insist that the plans to fix the road to hell are paved with good intentions. The road has suffered great damage 
each time hell freezes over. Well, that's, of course, a, a funny article from a newspaper, but sadly, um, it's, it's all too easy to get to the place uh, that the Bible calls hell. Uh, but most people totally ignore the warnings and they choose to simply kind of wish it all away. Um, unbelievers often reject the idea of hell altogether. And of course, a lot of believers ignore it. They, they don't want to talk about what the Bible says about hell and the afterlife. Now, when we talk about hell in the scripture, it's often we could call it the netherworld or the underworld. And when we, we talk about that, we usually just employ this kind of general term, the word hell. Now, Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary defines hell like this. It's another world in which the dead continue to exist, the nether realm of the devil and the demons in which the damned suffer everlasting punishment. So the word hell is kind of a catch-all word that we use for the abode of the devil and, and demons and, and the souls of damned human beings. But the Bible is a lot more specific and precise in its description of the netherworld than most people realize. Um, according to the Bible, the underworld or the netherworld is divided into four different parts or regions or realms. And the first hints of this are found all the way back in the Old Testament. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 22, um, it says this, For a, a fire kindled in my anger and burns to the lowest parts of Sheol and consumes the earth with its yield and sets on fire the foundations um, of the mountains. So you notice there it refers to Sheol, which is a common Old Testament word, a Hebrew word for the, uh, the, the grave and kind of the afterlife for, the, the, for many. Um, but it calls here the lowest parts of Sheol, kind of like there's a, another part to Sheol. So the, the Old Testament word for Sheol is just kind of the general word for the place of the departed dead. I mean, in some places, it means nothing more than just the grave. But in other places, it, it clearly refers to the realm of departed spirits. But in the progress and the unfolding of Revelation, as God gives us more and more truth as we go through the Bible, the New Testament's a lot more specific. And so in the New Testament, there are four different Greek words that are translated often hell in uh, the New Testament. Uh, and these, this reveals to us that there are four distinct parts of the underworld. Um, and again, we know this because there's four different Greek words used to describe it. Now, some people will say, well, these words are just synonyms. You know, they all just kind of mean the same thing. But as I'm going to go through and show you, these refer to four different parts of the underworld. Now, let me say this as I get into this a bit. Um, the New Testament, the Bible doesn't teach purgatory. So there's not like a fifth place where purgatory is some kind of a halfway house or a stopping, stopping off spot between this world and, and, and the afterlife. Uh, there's no purgatory uh, taught in Scripture. So I want to look together at each of these four words and discover their significance. The first word is the abyss, the abyss. So it's the Greek word abusos. Sometimes it's translated uh, the bottomless pit. So one part of the underworld is called the bottomless pit or the abyss, or sometimes it's called, you could translate it, the shaft of the abyss. Uh, the word abusos occurs in the, in the New Testament nine times. Uh, seven times um, it's found in the book of Revelation. Let me just read a couple verses in Revelation 9 about the abyss. It says, The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit, that's the abyss, was given to him. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then down in verse 11 of Revelation 9, 
they have, that is these beings that come up out of the abyss, they're these locust-like creatures that are demonic spirits. They have as king over them the angel of the abyss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek, his name is Apollyon, which basically means just like Terminator. Now, evidently from its description in the Bible, the abyss is a place where a specific group of demons are being temporarily confined. And according to Revelation chapter 9, they're going to be let out and released during the tribulation period to torment people on the earth for a period of five months. Twice in Revelation 9, it says that they, they torment people for, for, for five months. The abyss is also the place where Satan will be confined during the thousand-year reign of Christ. Revelation chapter 20 says that an angel is going to come and grab Satan and put him in uh, the abyss where he'll be confined for a thousand years. So the abyss is a place where some fallen angels today who go too far can be confined until they're going to be released in the end times. You remember when Jesus confronted the man with a legion of demons? Remember, Jesus is going to cast the demons out of the man. And the demons ask Jesus, they say, don't cast us into the abyss before the time. And so Jesus grants that request and, and casts these demonic spirits into a herd of swine. And uh, the swine, of course, go over the cliff and, and are, are, are destroyed there. But what becomes clear is that these, these demon, demonic spirits, they don't want Jesus to send them to the abyss because that's where some demons go that go too far and, and unrestrained behavior. So one of the things that tells us is even demons today have some restraint on their behavior. If they go too far, they'll be sent uh, to the abyss. So the, the shaft of the abyss in Scripture is a temporary place of confinement for some demons who go too far in their rebellion against God. And the fear of being cast into the abyss acts as a kind of deterrent on the scope and the extent of their wickedness. Now, the second part of the underworld mentioned in the New Testament is Tartarus. Uh, the word Tartarus only occurs one time in the New Testament. It's in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. And the verse says this, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment... Now, in our English uh, translation, uh, the words cast them into hell translate one Greek word. Uh, it's the word uh, tartarosis. And um, it, it, you could translate it really tartarized. So these angels who sinned are sent to Tartarus or tartarized. Now, in Greek mythology, Tartarus was the lowest level of the underworld. It was the bottom chamber or the basement or the lowest place of the underworld for the most heinous offenders. And if you read 2 Peter chapter 2, if you, if you look at the flow of that passage, it's talking about judgment. And it talks about these angels who are committed to pits of darkness. Then it talks about the flood. And then it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. So the only place really before the flood that we can see these angels who sinned is in Genesis chapter 6. This passage where the sons of God, they're these angels come into the daughters of men to women and they cohabit with them and, and have this 
a, a monstrous race of people on the earth before the time of the flood. And so that's what's being spoken of here. These angels that are sent to Tartarus are fallen angels, again, who went too far and who came and cohabited with women and created this monstrous race of people trying to uh, corrupt the human race so that uh, the Redeemer couldn't come from the seed of the woman. Uh, you have a parallel passage in, in Jude verse 7 and 8. It says, The angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper abode, God has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So the abyss is a place where some fallen angels are being held temporarily. They're going to be let go for five months during the tribulation period to torment. But these angels who sinned in Genesis 6, they've been sent to Tartarus permanently. And they'll be there permanently until the day of judgment, till they're brought before, uh, after the great white throne judgment, when they're going to be judged and then ultimately sent into uh, the lake of fire. So two different groups of parts of the underworld are for two groups of fallen angels. Now, the third word that's used in the New Testament for the underworld is the word Hades. Um, that's found 10 times in the New Testament. I mean, a couple places, Hades means nothing more than just the grave. We see that a couple of times in Acts 2. Um, so in those cases, it's kind of just similar to the Old Testament word Sheol. But the majority of uses of Hades in the New Testament reveal that it's a place where the souls of lost people are presently being confined as they await the final day of judgment. And one, one passage I'll just uh, I'll read and uh, mentions Luke uh, 16, the, the parable Jesus gave of the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, it says in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter uh, 16, says, now it came about the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died also and was buried. And in Hades, his, he was in torment. Now, often that's just translated hell, but it's the word Hades there. In other words, the, the, the soul or the spirit of this lost man is confined there in Hades. So I don't want to use too, you know, kind of a, a familiar of an example, but you can kind of look at it this way. Hades is kind of like the county jail where inmates await their, their trial date and uh, their final sentence and they're transferred to the penitentiary, the prison, uh, where they're going to serve out their time. And so if Hades is kind of like the, the county jail where the spirits of lost people are being held now, the final word is the word Gehenna. Um, it's the most uh, commonly used term for the underworld or the netherworld in the New Testament. Um, it's found 12 times in the New Testament. Interestingly, 11 of the 12 times it's on the lips of Jesus or where Jesus describes uh, this place. Now, when we think of hell as it's commonly used as the place kind of a, a final confinement for fallen angels and unbelieving humans, Gehenna is normally the place that people have in mind. So again, if Hades is the county jail, then Gehenna is kind of the maximum security penitentiary. So Gehenna is the final place of torment for Satan, demons, and all lost people for all the ages. Uh, the word Gehenna comes from the Valley of Hinnom. It's a, a deep valley or ravine south and west of the city of Jerusalem. It's where uh, they would uh, do child sacrifice. It was the garbage dump in Jesus' day that was always burning and smoldering where uh, the garbage was, uh, was, was placed and burned. Um, it's, uh, the, the imagery behind this is, is, is what really uh, we get the idea of the lake of fire and brimstone or the lake of fire or the second death 
Those are all kind of synonyms for this idea uh, of Gehenna. Over in, uh, in Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter nine, three times Jesus uses the word Gehenna. And um, finally, he, he describes Gehenna. He says, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched and everyone will be salted uh, with fire. So Jesus talked a lot about this final place of Gehenna. So it's the place where all of the inhabitants of the abyss and Tartarus and Hades will ultimately be cast. So if you kind of just wanted one word to describe hell or the underworld, it'd be that word Gehenna or the lake of fire. But the way I like to use this word, I think it's accurate. We could say there's, there's four parts to the underworld. There's abyss hell, there's Tartarus hell, there's Hades hell, and then there's Gehenna hell. And it's the ultimate uh, abode or the, the final place of confinement for fallen angels and, and for lost people. Now, the most important thing that we want to remember about hell, the only good news about hell is that God has provided a way for us to not go there. Well, that's the good news. Uh, God has provided a way of escape for us uh, through Jesus Christ. We never have to fear the lake of fire if we trust in Jesus Christ and receive him to be our savior. And one of the things that understanding this doctrine of hell should do certainly is cause anyone who's watching, if you've never fled to Jesus Christ for refuge, uh, flee to him and receive that pardon that he purchased for you. But another thing it should do as we await the rapture of the church, which could happen at any moment, it ought to fuel our evangelism and our desire to see our friends and family members uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ. So they don't end up in Hades and, and ultimately in Gehenna. So may God use this as a fuel in our lives, an evangelistic fuel uh, to share the gospel with those around us uh, who need it so desperately. Well, we're going to stop here at this point and we're going to go into our um, subscriber section uh, where, again, I'm going to talk about some current events happening over in Ukraine and uh, with Turkey and Iran and some of the things happening there. And then we'll answer some questions about the rapture. And just a question about why do people interpret the book of Revelation so differently? So uh, for the subscribers, uh, wait just a moment or hang, hang with us and uh, we'll be right back. <music>